Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. One of the reasons I'm excited about what's happening at the University of Guam is because I did not grow up in a household of faith. And I did not hear about how to have a relationship with God until I was at the University of Guam as a freshman. And there was a group of Christians there whose intent was to talk to people about their relationship with God. I met one of them during a volleyball game in front of the library up there at UOG. And that's where it began for me. And so I understand the importance of being able to provide an environment for students to be able to experience God. And this is a tremendous privilege for us. But you know, as I look back and think about my experience as a student, I, th I think, man, back then, I didn't have anything. I didn't have any money. I didn't even have a car. I didn't have a lot of relationships. I didn't have much influence. And yet, God was using us for his purpose to be able to reach people to have a relationship with him. And I want to share with you today um, a passage of scripture that um, has something very simple yet very powerful that all of us can experience and apply in our own lives. It's found in John chapter 1, beginning in verse 35. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples, and Jesus walked by. John looked at him and declared, Look, there's the Lamb of God. And when John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. And then skipping down to verse 40, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said. And then he followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. And then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. So we'll pause here. In this passage, we find a principle that is very simple and yet very powerful. And the principle is this. God uses relationships to accomplish his purpose. If you recall, John the Baptist is this on-fire preacher in the wilderness. I mean, he's like turning heads everywhere. Uh, just people are going out to follow him in droves. Uh, he's getting so much attention, the religious leaders send out a delegation to check him out. They're like, who is this guy? And they're asking him, what authority do you have to speak these things and to baptize people? And so people are flocking to him from the city. They're coming out, and they're finding that John the Baptist is kind of a strange leader. There's this revival happening out in the wilderness, but here's this guy. He eats locusts. His clothes are made of camel hair, and he doesn't care to be politically correct. He's even willing to tell political and military leaders to repent of their sins. And when he's not doing some kind of public ministry... On the backside, John the Baptist has a life group. And in his group, there are these members, and one of them is Andrew. And so imagine if you're Andrew, and your life group leader is like this controversial political lightning rod. Imagine what it's like to be in a group like that. I, I don't think it was your typical Bible study. Imagine Andrew in this life group with a leader who has no fear. And then one day you're standing with him and he says, there's the Lamb of God, follow him. And then Andrew does. And the point of this is that 
Andrew followed because he had a trusted relationship with John. And the point of that little scenario is that to point out that God uses relationships to draw people to himself. If you, if you have a friend, raise your hand. Hopefully everybody will raise their hand. <laughs> if you have a family member, raise your hand. Okay, very good. God can use your relationship to bring someone to himself. The father used John, John the Baptist, to lead Andrew to Jesus. You know, this week, I had a meeting that helped me to realize the simplicity and yet the power of this principle, that God uses relationships. Former Governor Felix Camacho was invited to participate in the Guahan Festival of Hope. And so Pastor Brad and I met with him this week. By the way, in case you didn't know, I'm part of the leadership team to help set up and organize the Guahan Festival of Hope with Franklin Graham. And so Pastor Brad and I met with Governor Felix Camacho on Wednesday, and part of that conversation had to do with the venue. And I said, well, it's, it's not official, but we are looking at one of the baseball fields at the Dededo Sports Complex. I said, the field can hold the people, but the parking lot by the gym and by the swimming pool is limited. And what would really be nice is if we could use that entire parking area in front of all the soccer fields. You know, when you drive by there on Harmon Loop Road and uh, you see that beautiful facility? I said, that would be ideal. I've been wondering who is the person in charge at the soccer field. And he said, oh, I know who that is. That's Tony Sangill. In fact, he's a friend of mine. He said, would you like me to see if I can set up a meeting? And we were having lunch together, and I had a mouthful of food. I didn't even say anything. I just nodded my head like, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> so later that day, I get a text message. He says, are you available on Friday at 1 o'clock? I said, I'll make myself available. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we met Tony Sangill on Friday. And... Um, took us for a tour of the facility, very nice facilities, nice locker rooms for the players. They got a really nice state-of-the-art weight room, air-conditioned, brand new. I'm like, wow, this place is nice. Turns out, just listening to the conversation going on, that Governor Felix Camacho and Tony Sangill grew up together, and they go way back. In fact, they not only do they grow up together, they work together, uh, they have a trusted relationship. And so when the governor introduced me, it was, it was almost like your friend is my friend. And so when we sat down in the meeting, it was so easy. He was like, yeah, sure, you can use the parking lot. He said, we usually have a women's soccer game happening on Sundays. Uh, the schedule's not out for 2020, but that's probably what it's going to be. But they typically don't use most of the parking lot. And so, yeah. You can use the parking area. And so, thank God for favor. But the only reason that happened is because these men grew up together, and one of them called his friend, and he said, something very important is happening, and I think you can help. Are you available sometime later this week? I'm telling you, God uses relationships to accomplish his purpose. You know, as I was preparing this message, 
it occurred to me that just this Tuesday, 188 people gathered for prayer at the First Church of God for the Guam Festival of Hope. Yeah, that was, that was great if you were there. And uh, the environment, it was, God was present. It was so encouraging to, to be there. And then our church gathered in the annex for three nights of going deeper with God. And it's evident to me that God did something this week to move the ball down the field. The fact that I even had a chance to sit with Tony um, and his good friend, the governor, was beyond anything that I could have personally orchestrated. In fact, when I think of what I would have done, it makes me laugh. <laughs> I'll tell you what I did, maybe about a month ago. I, uh, I texted Art Root. He's sitting right here in the second row. And uh, I texted Art because I know his kids play soccer. And I know that he once sponsored a soccer team in the Guam Football Association. So I said, hey, Art, do you know who's in charge at the soccer field? He texts back, no, I don't, but I'll ask around. And that was the end of that effort. But when I look at God's way and what he did, that was way beyond anything that I could have done. Uh, turn to your neighbor and say, God's way is better. <laughs> so getting back to the story of John the Baptist and Andrew. God works through relationships. That was the first relationship, John the Baptist and Andrew. The second relationship is Andrew and his brother Peter. If you break it down, Andrew's actions are very simple, very simple, and yet, as we will see, very powerful. Andrew reveals in the simplest way what it takes to bring people to Jesus. Andrew was a person who specialized in bringing people to Jesus. So there's a lot that we can learn from Andrew. And it may encourage you to know that Andrew was never known as a great teacher. Andrew was never known as a great preacher or a scholar. In fact, his name simply means man. Just man. He was an ordinary man. Andrew was an ordinary disciple. In fact, Andrew is rather an obscure disciple. But we should always remember that it was Andrew who did lead his brother Peter to Jesus. So what does it take to bring people to Jesus? It takes a person who will do three things. And see if you can pick out these three things as we read the passage one more time, beginning in verse 40. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. So looking at that passage, do you see the three things that Andrew did? Each one of them is a verb. I'll show it to you here. So he went to find his brother Simon. He told him about Jesus, and then he brought him to Jesus. What does it take? It takes a person who's willing to go find family and friends and then tell them about Jesus and then to bring them to Jesus. God uses relationships to accomplish his purpose. So raise your hand if you have a friend who doesn't know Jesus. Earlier it was just friends, but one who doesn't know Jesus. How about if you have a family member who doesn't know Jesus? Okay, hands all over the room. 
when Andrew met Jesus, his big concern was to go and find his brother and to tell him what he found and then to bring him to come and see. And this plan was very simple. Just find, tell, and bring. And from this passage, we learn some important lessons from Andrew. God uses ordinary people to bring people to himself. Evangelism is as simple as telling others what happened. What happened to you? What is your experience with God? And thirdly, everyone can be like Andrew. You know, I trust that the example of Andrew will encourage you to reach out to your family and friends. And I have a way to help you do that. It's a principle that we see all through Scripture. And the principle is this, that God uses natural, every natural human means possible to be able to reach people for himself. I'll give you an example. Remember Jesus and the feeding of the 5,000? Remember that story, that, that miracle? Remember how um, the people were gathering just the multitude, 5,000. By the way, that was just the men. That didn't count the women and the children. So there was, there was more. And so you have all these people gathering. And then remember how Jesus prayed that glorious prayer? And then all of a sudden, it was like magical fairy dust came floating down out of the sky and just landed on all the people. And all of a sudden, they weren't hungry anymore. Remember that story? No, we don't remember that because that's not how it happened. What happened was... The disciples were talking among themselves and said, man, it would take $10,000 to feed all these people. And then someone said, well, there's a boy here who has a lunch, some fish and some bread. Could we use that? And then Jesus said, okay, have everybody sit down. And then he took what was available and he multiplied it and used it to meet a great need for a multitude of people. That was amazing. He just used... Danielle Strickland, she put it this way. Some, just some food, people. Just use some actual food to be able to meet an amazing need. But here's the point I want to make. Do you know who it was that had the idea to do that? It was Andrew. Andrew was the one who said, there's a little boy here who has a lunch. Jesus, do you think we could do something with that? I think... Andrew had something in mind, knowing who Jesus is. Yeah. The point is this. God wants to use what you have. I remember when I was a student at UOG and at the University of Hawaii and we were involved in ministry, we didn't have much. We didn't have all kinds of resources. But God just used the relationships that we developed with people as we talked with them. God wants to use every human natural means possible in order to accomplish his purpose. To help align with God's design, I have something that will help. On your chairs, you will see a brochure called I Am Andrew. And we'll display it here on the stage so we can take a look at it together. So if you open up that first <coughs> trifold, um, you know, I realized you might want to look at your brochure because I don't think you can read this from your seats, can you? Okay, I'll read it for you, but let's re read along together in your brochure. So, 
Step one is look up, meaning pray. Prayerfully think of people you want to share the gospel with and then use the I Am Andrew card to list down the name of these people and let the church pray for them. Secondly, look around. Find ways to connect with people by cultivating friendship and touching their lives through your Christian testimony. And this will pave the way for you to talk about Jesus. Thirdly, to look out. After establishing relationships with people, begin to share the gospel through your church's evangelistic efforts. Invite and bring them to the Guahan Festival of Hope with Franklin Graham on February 23rd, 2020. Fourthly, look together, encourage. Upon hearing the preaching of the gospel during the festival, encourage people to make a personal commitment by putting their faith in the Lord Jesus as their Savior and Lord. And fifth, look after, that is, disciple. Continue to care for people who respond to the gospel by starting a follow-up work and including them in your church's discipleship program and continue to love and pray for those who did not respond. And so what I'd like us to do is if you would take a few minutes to prayerfully think about people that you'd like to share the gospel with. And I want you to write down their names on those two columns in your trifold. Uh, put the same names on both lists. There should be pens on your, chair, on your chairs. Uh, but before you begin writing, um, there's something important that you need to know. Um, the church copy is going to be placed on that wall over there to your left, where you see, I am Andrew. And we're going to take time every week to pray for our family and friends. Jesus said, ask, seek, and knock. In fact, uh, we're going to take some time to pray this morning. But since the church copy will be displayed, what I'd like you to do on the church copy is put first names only, uh, perhaps even just initials. And at the bottom where it says your name, leave your name blank. On your copy, you can put the full name, you can put your name uh, but on the church copy, just first names only or initials. And so what I'd like us to do is to go ahead and take a few minutes and just prayerfully consider, God, who is it that you would have me reach out to and develop my relationship with them so that you could use my relationship to bring them to yourself? And so go ahead and take some time to do that. If you find that it's hard to think of 10 names, uh, write down at least two names or more, but we'll go ahead and fill those out prayerfully. Sound good? Okay, Let, let's pray that that will happen. We're coming to a close, Let, let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for our lives. Thank you for our families and our friends. And we pray, God, that you would be at work among us in us and through us and in our relationships. And Lord, we pray that you would give us opportunity to be used by you to help draw people to yourself. And if you would just take a moment to be quiet, and if you would just ask the Lord in your heart, God, uh, what is it that you're saying to me today? What is it that you want me to think or feel or do? And I'd like to just give the Lord an opportunity to work in your heart 
and help you encounter him to align yourself with him. And so take a moment just to do business with God and say, Lord, what is it for me? From, the, from what you're saying to me, God, how can I respond? And just let the Lord guide you in that. take a moment to say, yes, Lord, here I am. I'm listening. If you would just continue in prayer as we're, we're praying about other people experiencing God. Perhaps you're here this morning and you're thinking, I would like to experience God. And if you've never made a formal choice, if you've never made a conscious decision to open up to God and say, God, I want to experience you. I want you to be in my life. I want to know you. If you've never made a decision like that, I'd like to, but you would like to, I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. And it's really simple. The most important thing is that this is your desire. It's your heart. It's something that you want. And then the second part is simply expressing that to God, which is what we call prayer. And so what I'll do is I'll pray out loud and I invite you just to hitchhike on my words. God will hear you. Father God, I know you've been getting my attention lately. And so now I'm here and I'm making a choice to say yes. I want to experience you. And so I open up to you. I'm opening my mind, my heart, my the innermost part of me. And I'm inviting you to come into my life. And I ask that you would forgive me for things I've done that have been hurtful to others, to myself, but most of all interfered in my relationship with you. And I ask you to forgive me. Lord, I've been living life my way, and there are many ways it's not working well. And so, God, I'm asking you to show me your way and forgive me for the things I've said or done. God, I ask that you would give me a new start and allow me to experience life your way. So, God, I ask that you would reveal your presence. I ask that you would show me love and your forgiveness. If you're praying this prayer right now, I want to invite you to receive God's spirit of forgiveness. His heart of love is for you. And he's been waiting for this moment. He's been waiting for you to open up to him so that he can be with you. And so just go ahead and receive his forgiveness and allow him to remove any guilt any condemnation, any accusation, and to cleanse your conscience and to cleanse your being and allow you to be free. And so, Holy Spirit, come in and dispel darkness. And God,
God, restore me to your original design and make me the kind of person you designed me to be. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.